So when I look at the concept of being competitive, I always think about being competitive with myself. I know a lot of um, you know thought leaders speak about that as well. But for me, I definitely battled with jealousy at a younger age mm. even when i was skating i mean that's such a cutthroat sport we hear about the tanya harding story and stuff yeah. like that and um you know it's just it, it is true in a sense i used to look up my competitors scores like their previous scores prior to competing with them and i look at back now and i'm like that is utterly like you're, you're destroying yourself before you compete right and so you know years and years later when i was maybe 21 or 22 is when i finally came around to realizing you're not competing with anyone but yourself what is up everyone I'm excited to welcome you back to Revamp Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Hepner, presented by Bulletproof. Use code VAMP15 to get 15% off the entire site for 2021. On this episode, we talk with Emily DeWong about being competitive and how having an athlete mindset can translate positively or negatively when being an entrepreneur. And on this episode, we go all in figuring out what it takes to take your business to the next level. Let's get into the episode. The Revamped Podcast, hosted by Lindsay Hepner. Rebuilding the digital entrepreneur. All right, everyone, welcome back. And I have on the show today, Emily DeWong. Say hi, Emily. Hello. Thanks for having me. How are you today? I am doing really well. We just did our interview swap on my show. So mm -hmm. super stoked for that. But yeah, really excited just to get into this conversation. I'm excited because we did a little background check and you're <laughs> a little ice skater over there. I am. I almost trolled you guys and said, no, I did not skate. <laughs> Well, this episode is going to be about like competitiveness. So mm -hmm. can you kind of give us a run through of like how you got to the point you are at? Yeah. And, yeah. So um, a little bit about me. It's like a whole ordeal, but I'll make it concise. So I'm actually born and raised in Pennsylvania. So I grew up there for 18 years and then I moved out to Southern California when I was 18, completely on my own, went to school at Chapman and then graduated in May 2019. But leading up to that, during my childhood and teenage years, I was a competitive figure skater. So I um, was pretty much waking up at 4 or 5 a.m., going to skate before school. And then on top of that, I was actually a competitive tennis player as well. So oh, I played, wow. Yeah, so I played USTA tennis for about 12 years as well. And um, I usually did that after school. So I did like skating in the morning, tennis in the afternoon. But I would say skating was... Um, had a leg up on priority, um, but I had tennis because my brother played at Penn State, and so mm -hmm. I just trained with him. So um, I was just like an athlete. That was just my background and um, what I really focused on. And then um, during my, what I call my bratty teenage years, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's when I started my custom figure skating dress brand, Elite Skatewear. Okay. And uh, leading up to that, it was because I was skating to a Black Swan song and I couldn't find a designer or a dressmaker to really design or tailor something to the style I wanted. And mm -hmm. I was 17 at the time, had more of a modern style. And I think you can imagine just as a teenager, you're like, oh, I want it this way and that way and all that. So I went to my mom and I showed her pretty much like a Pinterest board. Um, I don't even think it was on Pinterest, but just essentially a Pinterest board of my vision of what my dress would look like. And I asked my mom, 
is there a way we could bring this to like a manufacturer and have them just make it for me and Mm -hmm. based on my idea and have them put it together so fast forward we did that and then at my first competition a lot of girls would come up to me and ask where'd you get that dress like it's it was just utterly unique because it was a 17 year old designing for a 17 year old not a you know 40 year old whatever right it's just completely different level Mm -hmm. So um, from there, that's when I had this uh, way of thinking like, huh, if so many people like it, how can I sell a replica to them mm-hmm. that would fit them? And that's when eBay, um, this was like when I was, yeah, 16, 17. So this is um, eight years ago or so. Mm-hmm. And eBay was really a thing like 10 years ago. And so that's when I started out. I took photos of it, put it on a mannequin, listed it on eBay. And from there, it just kept adding more listings and designs on eBay and then started there. And then throughout college, that's when um, I think junior year when I realized I really could scale this brand and business. So that's when I took it off. Well, I kept it on eBay, but I expanded to my own e-commerce store. So I made my own website and then from there expanded into stores throughout Southern California and then throughout the U.S. and Canada and so forth. So that is um, a big part of my career background. Um, But when I graduated in May 2019, I studied communication and business. I also went into work for sales. So Mm -hmm. that's been a huge part of my entrepreneurial journey. I think, you know, sales is such a uh, huge component of entrepreneurship and knowing how to, you know, take no for an answer or actually not take no for an answer, but, you know, run with it and pivot and so forth. Um, and then I also have my own podcast, What Fulfills You, and just um, just been doing that since. So, you know, from, from your breakdown of the history that you've gone through, it kind of sounds like competitiveness has been in your blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, for you to go in and, and fully focus on uh, sales, mm-hmm. and that is com- competitiveness mm-hmm. to the extreme. Yeah. I mean, I focus really on like creative directing, but mm-hmm. when you said out of your all your businesses, the mm-hmm. sales portion, I mean, you like to, you yeah. know, have that feeling of competitiveness mm-hmm. of like, I'm not going to take no for an answer. Yeah. And coming from skating and tennis and, and being an athlete, mm-hmm. I feel like that's always ingrained in your brain mm-hmm. is you have to do the best, you have to be the best, and you're not going to take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. So can you kind of dive deep into what tools have you used from not only like the competitiveness part, but what tools have you used from being an athlete yeah. that has like strived you into uh, the avenues that you're going into now? Yeah. I mean, being a business owner, there's so many levels of, you know, having to kind of have this mindset every day of like, I'm going to do okay. I'm going to be okay. Like we're going to get through this. Like you wake up kind of with anxiety every day, even too after seven years of having vamped. Mm -hmm. I don't wake up every day being like, yeah, everything's going to be a breeze. Mm -hmm. Like you have to have this competitiveness throughout the business process because as an entrepreneur, you are the one that's putting out fires. Mm -hmm. No one else is. And you have to pivot. You have to think about the next move. And that is a lot of like training like an athlete. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of dive deep? deeper into that yeah I think especially with skating and tennis both were very individual sports I Mm -hmm. mean I have a team of course of coaches and my parents and just people that are supporting me but at the end of the day the results were really on me like I'm Mm -hmm. performing on ice by myself I'm playing on the court by myself I'm battling my mental you know struggles with you know if I'm down a set you know if I'm gonna win the next set and try to win the whole match like that kind of thing so I feel like that really built the muscle for me to to learn how to be really independent mm-hmm. and think for myself in my 20s right now. I love that. Yeah, especially the in muscle. business. Yeah. The muscle to... <laughs> 
be yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I just think, you know, that's probably a big obstacle for a lot of people who see this glamorous oh you know either influencer life blogger entrepreneur whatever they think it's so nice and and it is but like you said you put out a lot of fires on your own and you do walk a big portion of that path by yourself because you are the visionary Mm -hmm. you are the one bringing the vision to life and you're leading a team and you're leading that vision into the ether and so if you don't have the guts to just go and you know maybe you have to be okay with being made fun of or people saying oh that's not going to work or you're too young you have to be able to take that criticism and have the grit to stick through it Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people don't so for me I attribute a lot of that if not all of you know that grit muscle or just being able to get over that mental obstacle from skating and tennis and being out there completely by myself yeah and 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 that's the thing if it looks easy from the outside it Mm -hmm. means there was a lot of work behind it Mm -hmm. and that's what people you know you're one or the other you're either the person that can make shit happen or you're the person that likes to watch shit happen Mm -hmm. and I you know, being in this industry and knowing a lot of influencers, I know that their job isn't easy. And it sucks to sucks to hear people think that, oh, they just take pictures all day. Mm-hmm. There's so much behind that more than ever. The fact that it made it look so easy to you is means that they took so much time to put something together for you mm-hmm. to actually say that, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's the same thing with being an athlete. Like, We look up to Kobe. We look up to, you know, LeBron. And those people are working their ass off Mm -hmm. to entertain you, Yeah, you know, on the court. Kobe was up at practice 4 or 5 a.m. When I lived in Orange County, like, I actually ran into him at Starbucks, you know, very occasional times in Newport. But, like, I know of friends that went to UC Irvine Mm -hmm. would see him at the gym at 4 or 5 a.m. And that's the difference between you and your peers and your competitors and those that are you know, those that you are looking up to and Mm -hmm. those that you might feel a sense of like, oh, like that must be nice. But there's probably a great chance they're doing exactly that, waking up earlier to put in the time, whether you work a nine to five or not, there's people that are putting in extra hours to make that dream happen while they're working, you know, doing the things that they need to do to get towards it. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. And, And that's the thing that people don't see all the time is they don't, they don't see the vlog of their mm-hmm. life all day long and yeah. how much time they put in. And I'm sure you did the same thing. I mean, I was a track star in mm-hmm. high school and I hated it. You know, <laughs> like I had to do so much work to be at the level I was and yeah. my knees were broken. My shins were hurting and no one saw any of that. Yeah. And I feel like even too now, now that I have like a digital business, people feel the same way. Like, oh, you just got there. Like, no, it's been seven years. Right. And I've been in the trenches for a really long mm-hmm. time. Um, who, What do you have to say to the audience right now about, you know, being competitive? Because I feel like people are two types of competitiveness Mm -hmm. the one where like they're striving to be something Mm -hmm. and then the one that like actually is kind of mean about it you know like I think in business especially now you kind of have to be more empathetic and and like like I was saying uh previously on another episode is people don't want the fakeness Mm -hmm. like just because you're getting the deal or the sale you know and being competitive and being like yeah I got that deal Mm -hmm. Did you actually do it for the right reasons? Right. Are you helping out the client mm-hmm. or are you just doing it for your own, you know, mm-hmm. value and pride and, you know. Yeah. So when I look at 
the concept of being competitive, I always think about being competitive with myself. I know a lot of, um, you know, thought leaders speak about that as well. But for me, I definitely battled with jealousy at a younger age, mm. even when I was skating. I mean, that's such a cutthroat sport. We hear about the Tanya Harding story and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's just, it, it is true in a sense. I used to look up my competitors' scores, like their previous scores prior to competing with them. And I look at back now and I'm like, that is utterly, like you're, you're destroying yourself before you compete, right? And so, you know, years and years later, when I was maybe 21 or 22 is when I finally came around to realizing you're not competing with anyone but yourself. Yeah. And I started to think about it too, where, it's like if I put my energy in where I'm going, like if that win was for me or mm -hmm. that that deal was, you know, for for my internal growth and external growth on my business, whatever that could be, you know, I have to reflect on that and, and take note on that in that moment for myself. Um, and whether people support me or not, that's that's wonderful. But yeah. it's not to show people, oh, I'm, I'm doing well. Right. Because I think when you come to a point where you are just you're just trying to brag to people yeah. the external validation of, oh, I'm doing well or my business is doing well. It's not that fun. Deep down inside, no. it doesn't feel that great, right? Um, but I think on another hand too, I think about the competitive advantage of who I am as a person, like who Emily Elizabeth is. Mm -hmm. And I always just think back to kind of the three pillars of, you know, the hard truth is um, something that I think a lot of people might find difficult to accept. But I think there's, you, you have to be charismatic and you have to bring value to whatever you're doing. And then also you just you just have to have the overall look for it, right? Yeah. And I think that's a hard pill to swallow, but when you realize those three factors in whatever in life you're pursuing, right? Even when I look at tennis, I look at Maria Sharapova. She's done really well in her career and has pivoted to even being on Shark Tank as an mm -hmm. investor because she, she has like all three, right? Mm -hmm. She's been really good in her tennis career. She has a beautiful look. She's tall. She could be like an athletic model and she's really wise with her, you know, her, her money and knowing how to invest now. Mm -hmm. And so I just think if you know how to utilize those factors in your own life, you as a person and work on those three and building that up, you'll be able to compete in, in anything you want. And again, For you're sure. competing with yourself and now other people are going to be afraid of your competitive advantages versus you being afraid of theirs. Oh, I love that. I, I really, really love how you said that. And you don't want to always have your mindset only being based off of other people's mm -hmm. journeys. Mm -hmm. you mean, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to sleep at night and know that your success is different and it's looked different than someone else's. And if you're always just competing to be better than another person, mm -hmm. you're never going to be honestly happy. Yeah, You'll never be happy and you'll never feel gratified mm -hmm. by anything in your life mm -hmm. because your vision is always someone else's, always beating someone else. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important. And we talked on your show too is like you have to enjoy your own journey and you have to love yourself and love other people's journeys and love them mm -hmm. and support them and you know I have this competitiveness in myself mm -hmm. but I do not take it to a level where it's detrimental yeah and it's negative mm -hmm. and you can easily take it to that mm -hmm. and I also I also actually I talked to one of my girlfriends this morning about it with that competitiveness, which is really drive, mm -hmm. like it's your drive, mm -hmm. it's hard for me to be soft all the time, mm -hmm. you know, because <laughs> I love that feeling of like grit, like yeah. you said, and I can't be soft and like kind of like whatever, you know, <laughs> because I have that in yeah. me. Yeah. But I really do feel like you can be two types of competitiveness. Mm -hmm. and, and I would 
advised to choose the route of being a good person and being competitive in a good way, in a healthy way. I think also, too, if you do take it too far and it becomes a negative trait, it's going to parlay over to into other areas of life. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, your relationships, especially, especially I've seen this with young women where they get jealous who their boyfriend is liking Mm -hmm. photos on Instagram, who they're following, that kind of thing. They get so wrapped up in the other girl, the other person. And I think um, and again, it parlays again, all different areas of life. And you start to you will eventually crumble off of just that. And so I think it's so important to be self-aware and ask yourself, you know, are you jealous in certain Mm -hmm. areas? And and are you too competitive? And is it bringing you down in certain areas? Because if you catch yourself, you can start to rebuild that foundation and make sure that you don't go towards that negative route. So um, that's definitely something I see a lot of people, you know, definitely need to work on it just it's a human trait right but it's it's about being able to kind of almost take a stoic approach to it Mm -hmm. and being like okay how can I control this and make it a more positive situation for me yeah was it was it hard for you to get out of that competition world and go into something that was different like I almost feel like anyone that's out there that's that has been in sports Uh, I know a lot of people that actually once they left sports, they were so bummed Mm -hmm. because, you know, you you want that teamwork, you want that feeling of competing. And it it obviously sounds like in your new line of work, it is kind of easy to translate that competition Mm -hmm. into the workforce. But can you tell anyone who's out there who's like trying to take that leap of faith of Mm -hmm. out of being an athlete to like branding themselves? Like what what made you feel secure with pivoting Mm -hmm. so it's so true I definitely missed training and and tennis and that's actually something I was reflecting on during COVID that that's Mm -hmm. something I'm like that's a chapter of my life I miss a lot drastically and I think a big part of it was because I was so focused Mm -hmm. just focused on being the best individual and being the best athlete on both you know the ice and on the court Mm -hmm. and so I was reflecting on how I felt during that period too where I remember I felt really happy and internally driven you know I just felt fulfilled as a teenager in in pursuing this right and you're kind of naive to this young adult life in the future that you have to deal with Um, but I actually did ask myself during COVID how can I replicate that energy again? Mm. How can I bring back that feeling of as if I'm competing again or as if I'm training towards something? And most importantly, that same energy of focus. Yeah. And that's when I started to really hone down on my workout routine. So even this morning, I went to a 7 a.m. Pilates class. Um, that's something like I, I started to incorporate. OK, skating I used to do in the morning. I used to wake up at 5, 4.30 a.m. How can you bring that back? So yeah. that's literally what I did. So even though I'm not competing anymore, I'm trying to bring in similar lifestyle habits. So for me, again, it was just waking up early for um, for skating or just getting that workout in, being outside, being active, being kind of um, f- like healthy, busy, right? Mm-hmm. Like not just adding in a lot of work throughout my day, yeah. but just keeping that energy up. And I always remind myself, okay, when are moments you felt really good in life and how can you replicate that energy? Mm. So good. Yeah, I if, if you already have that mindset and mm-hmm. that belief system, you have to keep pushing it through mm-hmm. because you don't want to get rid of that. I, I, I'm so happy that I do have a good belief system on, on being competitive and being driven and forced every single day to figure out how I can be great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I'm, 
I'm not trying to say that you have to be an athlete to yeah. have that. Yeah. But I also think that you can implement stuff in your daily routine that makes you have that morning like mm-hmm. success and feeling that way. But we both have kind of similar, not similar backgrounds in the sense that like I was an ice skater. Yeah. Yeah. But I did have a similar background where I, I've been doing track mm-hmm. for years mm-hmm. and I've had coaches in my ear. Yeah being like you have to win and all this you know what I mean you're you're constantly being thrown out like you have to win you have to win you have to win and so that competitive competitiveness in my in the back of my ear Mm -hmm. is always there yeah but now it's my voice Mm -hmm. it's my voice every morning (laughs) get up you're going to the gym you're waking up and for you know a very long time I've always looked to the gym as my time to get away from everyone, mm-hmm. focus on myself. And I have to do it in the morning too, because mm-hmm. that's the start of your day. Mm-hmm. That's what makes you the person you become. And I have to, if I don't do it, I'm like so bummed on mm-hmm. myself and I feel like I'm not as competitive, I guess. I yeah. don't know how you feel about that. but I think to me too, I think about how it starts to build your identity mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people, even just with working out, I think that's such a hard, consistent routine to keep up. Everyone like wants to lose weight right away or get a smaller yeah. waist or a nicer ass. And it's it's all about making it consistent, but also making it part of who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Like That's your identity. Like if you want to be someone that works out at the gym or you want to be known as like someone with a really toned body you have to start going consistently Monday Wednesday Friday yeah. three times a week that's that's still I would identify as someone that is a fitness guru or someone that is inspired by fitness right yeah you start to build that into your identity and you start to believe it more then you start to you know bring that energy out into the world you start to walk and talk and act like someone that goes to the gym or goes to a pilates class um regularly and so i think that's a part of how you get towards where you want to be too is like you incorporate whatever it is that you want um even if it's habits that other people do Mm -hmm. you build that into your lifestyle that becomes subconsciously over time your identity and that is just how you evolve as a person no for sure i that that's truth right there (laughs) and what I mean, what do you consider success? What do you consider success for yourself? I consider success, it's a very similar theme to my podcast, which is just being fulfilled in what I do. And I think a lot of people do have or do struggle with understanding what fulfillment is or Mm -hmm. understanding you know, like how to find fulfillment. But I think, you know, both you and I have probably reached very low points that allowed us to pivot into our current career and our current um, thriving relationships and community. So for me, when I hit my low point as well in my early 20s, I recognized how crucial it was to have a meaningful community around me, um, especially good friends, Mm -hmm. good people that supported me and loved me in both my work and me as an individual, as a friend. And so I, I recognize outside of all the the success the the revenue the sales whatever i could be doing in my career that didn't matter if i didn't have the meaningful relationships in my life yeah the people that were there cheering me on the sidelines cheering for me on the sidelines just you know helping me get there and Mm -hmm. supporting me every time i was in a rut if i were to call them and say hey um i need you to be like a soundboard for me can you can you give me some feedback on this those are the people that will actually be part of your life fulfillment because without our relationships without those connections i think there's kind of little purpose in life then because if you're doing it alone what fun is it no it's not fun it's it and that's the the part I was talking about about being competitive is like 
no one wants to be on an, a lonely island, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. after, after all the show is gone, like who are you left with? Mm-hmm. You're, you're just left with yourself. And that kind of competitiveness is not, not going to be fruitful for you in the long run. Mm-hmm. You have to be competitive in a way where you still have these like opportunities to be a good person, to be a, a better friend, mm-hmm. to support others and to build, build your community higher um, instead of just doing it all by yourself and mm-hmm. taking on the world by yourself, it's not going to be fun. Yeah. So. I think people just start to realize it, it's a lonely road if you if you do yeah. go that route. And I think that's when, you know, once people reach a certain level of, quote, success, right? Mm-hmm. They, they realize money doesn't buy everything, nope. that the material things actually really don't matter. It looks fun to have a Range Rover and then wait, you don't have friends to hop in it yeah. with you to go anywhere, right? Oh. So what's the point in having that when you don't have the right people around you to like lo- and say, hey, hell yeah like you just got that car you know like what's the point then totally I I agree Mm -hmm. I think materialistic and money is always interchangeable Mm -hmm. like it always comes and goes but friendships uh you have to work on that Mm -hmm. and those uh, even too when I when I got into my car accident and I was at the hospital and when I saw people coming to the hospital Mm. that's when I was reminded I impacted them in some way for them to care so much to come see me. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to do that. And so you have to kind of remember that. Like, are people going to come see you at your funeral, at your bedside? Like when all the noise is gone, Mm -hmm. when all the fame and all the, you know, success that you think you've built that you thought people would stay they might not be staying if it's all gone. And it just depends on how you treated them and how you affected their lives. And similar to that too, I think about, you know, if someone were to ask, how would you describe Lindsay in the Mm -hmm. first 30 seconds? I always think about oh that question. Oh right. boy! <laughs> well, it's just—it's just like, what is the 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 first instinct of someone of, of a friend of yours yeah. if they were to tell a stranger and they're describing you in the first thirty seconds? What are they saying? Mm-hmm. What are the adjectives they're using to describe you? Right. So that's kind of how I think of it too. Is I always kind of do like a not necessarily quarterly, but maybe like every six months, I reflect on it and say, okay, you know, if if a stranger were to ask your best friend, how is she going to describe you? Yeah. Right. Um. And and how would she be describing you in a way that you would want to be described and if mm-hmm. not what's the difference like wh- what do you actually want to be described as and where are you are right now so I love that's kind that of my thought process. I'm gonna <laughs> use that now that's so great yeah. I love that well I'm so happy you came on the show I I think that anyone out there who is competitive on either side of the coin <laughs> um just be mindful of mm-hmm. how you are competitive, but also to use it as a strength. Mm-hmm. It is a huge strength tool um, in business if you want to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, if you're still an athlete, it's it it helps you in all different aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. I agree, as you said. And we do a lightning round okay. at the end of every show. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> we want to get to know Emily a little bit more. Okay. So what is your favorite ice skater? Ooh, Sasha Cohen. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's my favorite. Just, she's always been really bold, wasn't the most consistent, mm-hmm. but just really had a sparkle to her that I was I felt more called to and aligned to. So I just I just loved watching her a little bit more than Michelle Kwan. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I I remember Michelle Kwan. Yeah. Um tell us your favorite joke. Oh gosh. Oh, that's Chris, that, yeah, I was going to say Chris, that's so mean. <laughs> that's a hard one. We don't have to get back to that one. Yeah, let me keep going. A uh, favorite tennis champion. Maria Sharapova. Okay. Or yeah, Roger we, Federer. Oh, yeah. I, I like Love Federer. Him. I like yeah. Federer. <laughs> what is your favorite candy? Um, anything chocolate. 
Ooh, yeah. darker milk. I mean, I want to say milk, but like I've I've gone this dark chocolate route a couple years ago. Ever since I found out it's better for you, so oh. so you're like, okay, I'll take the <laughs> I'll dark. Do the, yeah. But are you secretly a milk then? Um, I think I'm both because I've okay. adopted like my taste buds have adopted to dark chocolate, so it's like both are good. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, what is your biggest inspiration? Or who? Sorry, who is your biggest inspiration? Who is my biggest? Um, okay, I would say a couple people. Tony Robbins being one of them. Um, I just think he has a really great philosophy on life. Kevin O'Leary as well from mm-hmm. Shark Tank, um, Mr. Wonderful. I think his life philosophy with both money and relationships and just always about speaking the truth. I think that's someone that I really admire, mm-hmm. even though he seems utterly blunt and honest. <laughs> I love Shark that King. though. I love that too. I think yeah. it's, it's very rare to find that in a woman. And I think it's really unique to be growing up in this current day and age where I think women are being embraced for being more direct mm-hmm. and confident and bold as we both are. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really loving that energy and I love to take, you know, from both of those and kind of combine into my own feminine energy oh i i agree i i think being honest is the best i mean haven't they said that for so long like honesty is the best policy yeah i i just don't think i've ever like stopped being that type of analogy yeah like yeah i'm just gonna be honest <laughs> I, you know? I try to be i think sometimes like people get a little sensitive i think you know if, i guess you know if you word it the right way you can get the exactly. point across right exactly <laughs> well where can we find you emily yeah so you can find me on instagram at emily e duong duong is spelled d-u-o-n-g and then my podcast what fulfills you podcast the instagram is at what fulfills you pod amazing well you guys go check her out uh she has spit some amazing takeaways (laughs) today about competitiveness in and the pressures of being an entrepreneur so yeah thanks guys thank you guys for checking out our latest episode i hope you were able to grab a bunch of takeaways and be on your way to be a successful digital entrepreneur remember any successful entrepreneur has gained success through knowledge so please like comment subscribe so you are the first to see and hear these episodes thanks guys